The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. The COVID narratives are falling apart all over the place. And thank God it's been, what, 15 months to 14 months to flatten the curve, something like that. We should have been done with this back around this time last year when we were talking about it in the podcast. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, the COVID uh, narratives are all falling apart. And what's really funny is Dr. Fauci is now having to flip-flop. You know, one minute he's talking about triple masking, and now he's talking about, oh, we don't need the mask at all. (laughs) And uh, guess what? Just when we thought it was natural, and then there was all these variants and we got to watch out for the variants. You know, there's the Italian variant and there's the Indian variant and there's the Tuscaloosa variant and there's the Walla Walla Washington variant and whatever. Variants, variants everywhere. Well, we had to uh, go into Australia's fourth lockdown. They're currently fighting variants. Australia getting hardcore on dumbassery. <laughs> I hate to say that because lockdowns didn't do anything. And the other narrative that has fallen apart, there's a couple narratives that have fallen apart. The first narrative is this wasn't from a Chinese lab. Oh, yes, it was. Or we thinks it was. But you know what? We talked about it here and most conservatives talked about it last year. But for some reason, everybody debunked it. If you were on Facebook or uh, Twitter, you were suspended or you're post about it were either heavily censored or had disclaimers piled on top of it. Or if you're on YouTube, they just took your channel down because, you know, you're spreading misinformation, the misinformation that they found to be true. Never mind. It's not like the misinformation of, say, you know, a Capitol Police officer being killed with a fire extinguisher, beating him over the head with it and head injury from a fire extinguisher that never happened. Of course, you know, January 6th, never forget what never even happened or something like that. Yeah, so the news media wouldn't lie to you and give misinformation on other things, would they? They wouldn't turn around and say, oh, guess what? Um, Six feet apart is how you got to stay. If not... You might get the coronavirus. So wait a minute. Six feet apart turned to three feet, turned to no feet because that was dumb. Um, So the Wuhan lab theory of this thing coming from the lab is now starting to rear its ugly head again. And it's actually looking like it's the most legitimate reason. Because one of the things we've all been saying is, why are they so hardcore on the mask? Why were they so hardcore on the vaccinations? which aren't really vaccinations again. We've talked about this before. And there's some significant new developments on the vaccination front. But why are they pushing vaccination so hard? Could it be because this was maybe a bioweapon from China? And then it it begs the question, 
was this unleashed, like we said before, to, uh, let's see, what would China gain if they accidentally released a bioweapon? Um, they would get rid of the Hong Kong protests that were affecting their nation tremendously. Check. They would uh, be able to impact the presidential race of the United States because then those that they have planted throughout our United States government, all sides, and I'm talking from Diane Feinstein having a spy driving around and Eric Swalwell hitting the spy up and, and a spy from China being nailed out by Bill Gates to a spy uh, or Chinese uh, uh, influence financially with Mitch McConnell and his wife. Yeah, China's roots go very deep on both sides of the political aisle. But what would they gain if they impacted a presidential election? We know China had uh, engagements with the governor of Georgia. We also know that China uh, has facilitated a lot of influence throughout the universities. But they could get to a place where Harvard would close down, South by Southwest would close down, the NBA, beholden to China, because that's their largest portion of their market, they're going to stop games. That's going to, you know, cascade down to governors locking their states down, especially the ones who are really close to China. And then they're going to turn around and put drop boxes out, make everybody mail their votes in, and they're just going to switch the way we do constitutional uh, methods for actual, uh, you know, actual elections. We're just going to end those ways through judicial means, or we're just going to take the, you know, the county clerk out and work right around them. <laughs> Voila! Look at that. We just decided to get the judges in all these different states to just. Change the law. Hey, they just change it. Whoop, whoop to do. Don't need a state legislature to change the law. So all of a sudden, we now have the elimination of a president who is rewriting trade policy between us and China. Imagine that. Because in the past, China got the cushy deal. Because we thought, just like regime change was a dumbass idea, the Bush idea. Oh, you know, we'll just introduce freedom over in the Middle East. Sounds great. Let's give them a taste of freedom and they'll reject all of their fundamentalist ways. Uh, their religion doesn't allow it. So all we did was waste money trying to plunder the place for oil and, uh, you know, different other resources. So uh, what do we do this time? Well, you know what? We'll show China. How about we give China a financial back and forth, you know, free trade between China and us, and China will benefit from capitalism, and they'll just reject communism. That's how we'll beat them. Yeah, that was a dumb move because all we got was Chinese drywall that effed up everybody's house. All we got was an arena down here in Virginia Beach that's not even finished where a section of it had to be scrapped because of Chinese material. But you know what China got? They got to have a stakeholder capitalism where it looks like capitalism on the outside, but communist control, they, ha they own interest in every business that does business within their borders. And then not only that, <laughs> they decide to 
through their spy means, through their uh, espionage means, take all types of intellectual property and then what? Counterfeit all of our great tech, all of our great innovations, all of our great products and services. They'll just make Chinese versions of it and then they'll just sell us cheap, cheap stuff. You know, we'll get, we'll get TVs for like 200 bucks to get, get a 50 inch TV for 200 bucks. Wow. That's great. We get cheap products here in, in America, but we get knifed in the back by China because now China's making our pharmaceuticals and China is manufacturing much of what we consume in the United States. And who ends up getting screwed? Well, instead of us using capitalism to infect communism in China, China's taking stakeholder capitalism and using that to infect the United States with actual communism. So uh, that worked out in their favor. Oh, and another thing that worked out in China's favor is they now have become an economic powerhouse when they were seriously crippled before this event. Wow, wow, so they, whoopsie, ah, damn, bat soup. Now we got coronavirus. Now we got to shut down the world. The economies of the world collapse left and right. We get propaganda videos of people collapsing in China, in Beijing, Oh my gosh, he must have been infected. This guy does this staged collapse that looks like he falls on his face, but he falls in such a way that, you know, it's, it's, he breaks his fall in a nice, kindly way, and then he kind of slithers forward a little bit before he just stops moving. Or we get people being welded in their house, and we're supposed to ask our, or we're not supposed to ask ourselves, what happens to those people who can't get out of their house because their doors are welded shut? Do they die? Do they have food? Now we got people on rickshaws driving through Beijing with masks on, giving out alcohol. But those videos were the, the pretext to the lockdowns that we had in America, the lockdowns we had in Italy, the lockdowns we had in New York, California. So now we've economically knifed ourselves while we were at the height of, of economic boom and China China is now set to be the world's economic power and has a housing boom going crazy right now. Eh, coronavirus, it was just an accident. Oops, or was it? Me thinks it might be bioweapon on purpose, but we don't really have a way to corroborate that quite yet. But we do know that it did probably come from the lab. Now, we knew this last year, but social media, news agencies, they all tried to poo-poo on us. Donald Trump's crazy for thinking that happened. And then now we find out that it's possible. <laughs> so the first uh, thing that really fell apart, because now you're allowed to go into places without a mask on. But you're allowed to go in without a mask on because you've maybe gotten your vaccine. And if you haven't gotten your vaccine, what will you get if you take your vaccine? It's amazing some of the things, some of the perks that you'll get for taking the vaccine. So WBAL says Maryland holds $2 million lottery for COVID vaccinated residents. The Maryland lottery is giving away $2 million and 41 consecutive lottery drawings for people who have been vaccinated against COVID-19. 
the state's latest promotion to encourage people to get inoculated. So if you're in Maryland, hey, you might just get, you know, $2 million. Oh, it doesn't stop there. ABC7 from New York, Coronavirus New York, state to reward vaccinations with $5 million lottery tickets. Mm, these lottos are just going like gangbusters if you're vaccinated. New Yorkers can get a free lottery ticket if they get vaccinated next week, Andrew Cuomo announced. Cuomo, he had said the pace of vaccinations has slowed. New York has a record, uh, an average of 123,806 daily shots in the arm over the past 14 days. That's down 43% from 216,000. So you can get a lottery ticket and might possibly win in New York. How about in Oregon? Yep, that's right. KGW has learned Oregon plans to offer cash jackpot prizes through the state lottery for people picked at random who have been vaccinated against COVID-19. Motivated uh, to get a shot now? Well, state ca- statewide cash likely a million bucks. Smaller county cash prizes are also likely as well. And then... You've got the Vegas Strip Club. That's right. In, in Vegas, this is from w, uh, WFLA. A popular Las Vegas strip club is hosting a free vaccination clinic where dances and complimentary bottles will be provided. So you can get a free lap dance for that vaccination card. Um, yeah. Then... You've got Governor Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine, this guy, and he's supposedly a Republican. I, I heard he was one of the main ones in the Republican convention that happened recently. I think it was a Republican governor's convention that basically shunned Mike Lindell from my pillow, who's been all over debunking the Dominion voting uh, issues that they say weren't issues. And now Dominion voting wants to sue everybody that's questioning it. And then we find out just this week that a primary election was uh, screwed up by those humans operating the Dominion voting machines. Hmm. So I guess there is a possibility of fraud with those machines. But Mike Lindell's crazy, and we can't allow him to meet with the Republican governors like Mike DeWine, who put out this tweet. Congrats, Joseph. You just won a full-ride college scholarship. If you're between 12 and 17 years old and had at least one dose of the vaccine, you could be next. Sign up at OhioVaxamillion.com. It's amazing. The things that the other thing was the free beer. I love this one. They were like, come on down to this restaurant and you show me you're vaccinated. We'll give you some free beer. Yeah, the only drug that you get after consuming a ton of free beer is typically roofies. And then you wake up the next morning next to uh you know, Bertha, you're chewing your arm off trying to sleek out of the bed, you know, unnoticed, try to try to not make any sudden waves of, of movement. And you just you want to grab your pants and throw them on and hightail it on out the door. That's what you get. You don't get a vaccination against coronavirus. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're really pushing vaccinations. They really want you to get it. And I keep telling people, you know, I was more afraid of a viral event back in 2013, 2014, when Barack Obama was flying in Ebola patients. You know, Ebola, you get that, and then within a week, your organs turn to liquid and you die. 
50% survival rate. And you know what? We were flying them in from Liberia. And now it makes sense because the whole time we're like, I'm sitting there going, why are we flying them in from Liberia? Why are we not treating them over there? Are we going to have an outbreak occur here with Ebola? And then next thing you know, uh, suddenly people are dying in droves. Well, yeah, then I would get the vaccine. I'd be right up front getting that vaccine. You wouldn't have to give me lap dances, free beer, lottery tickets, you know, scholarships, full ride to, to you know, University of Berkeley if I was going to play music. Um, you could, I'd be right at the front of the line for, a, you know, an Ebola vaccine. But were we doing that because of what we're doing with coronavirus? Oh, and wait till you hear the history of Dr. Fauci and how he wanted to test medications for serious viral events like AIDS, HIV, like we're doing with coronavirus. Oh, it, it gets really insidious there. But, the, you know, the, the narratives are falling apart. The, no one wants the vaccines, even though everybody's going to put on their, their prom dress and they're going to tattoo on their arm their vaccination card with the big coronavirus cell that you see on every television commercial. You know, every Target ad's got, uh, we're in this together. You know, uh, this is the new normal. And then you got a big old coronavirus up there, you know, flatten the curve. T together we can do this. Um, you've got all that going on. People renting vehicles out so they can drive to get their vaccination. You got vaccination jewelry so they can show to the world they've been vaccinated. All this insanity over something that doesn't really affect that many people unless you're old and you're overweight or you've got comorbidities or, you know, 99.99% survival rate. If we'd been locked down like this for a year and it was Ebola, oh, we'd all be at the front of that line. It's like polio. Everybody be getting that vaccine. But this is no different than me running down to Walgreens and getting the flu shot. But it's not a vaccination. This thing is not giving you a small dose of the actual uh, virus so that you have a reaction to it and a, enough people who have taken it have a reaction to it to create artificial herd immunity. This thing kicks off some sort of protein uh, uh, reaction that fights. It gets really, really ridiculous and wonky when you get into the details of it. And, and maybe we will because we can talk about some of the things that we don't know that are going to come from it that we're starting to see signs of. Uh, here in just a little bit. But so the narrative on uh, vaccinations, uh, you know, that's kind of falling apart. The narrative on the, the lab theory, you know, it didn't come from some wet market, some bat, you know, out there in some weird wet market in China. Um, it possibly came from a lab. And then the mask. I like this from Emily Burns. She says, it's it's now acknowledged that COVID-19 is primarily transmitted by tiny aerosols generated through normal breathing, not coughing, not flying spit globules or globules. Based on what we already knew about these respiratory aerosols, this should have meant mask her out, <laughs> but we did it anyways. And this is because we know that these aerosols are nearly identical in size to cigarette smoke. Remember when they had... Uh, the wildfires in California and they, or they might've been Oregon, Washington state. And they said, uh, don't wear the mask because the mask will not protect you from the smoke. <laughs> well, they won't protect you from coronavirus particles either because they're aerosol size. So, um, 
cigarette smoke, and by extension, the respiratory aerosols carrying COVID are not stopped by mask or caught by mask. They are redirected. She has a video showing how she came about this. And yet we have this kind of dishonesty from people like Bill Nye. Bill Nye, the science guy, he talks about stopping the flow of air. Yet he, just as everyone else who has worn the mask, must have felt the air escaping out the top of the mask, fluttering his eyelashes during the demonstration video he had. Almost everything you have seen published by the CDC and elsewhere exploits two facts to claim mask work. They either look at particles much larger than the known range for respiratory aerosols and ignore the importance of of gaps or measure volume caught. Now to examples. The MIT study pointing out that the six-foot rule was useless because the virus is also carried in aerosols, 0.5 microns, also said masks won't work. How? They captured filtration efficacy or efficiency via a penetration factor, but completely ignored the gaps. Now there's a lot of very complex math in the paper that she cites. Um, She goes on to say, why would they eliminate such an important known variable? Because it would show masks don't work. With just a 3.2% gap, approximately what we see in normal wear, masks are rendered virtually useless. This is why the N95s are fit tested, because they offer virtually no protection with even a 1% gap, as noted in a paper from the American Chemistry Society. But recall, N95s are not intended to stop transmission, hence the leakage in the videos that she posted above. This is why modeling studies, such as the, uh, the one that she showed, do not even make it only the evidence they don't even make it through the evidence hierarchy. They are hugely impacted by the inputs the author chose to put in the model, ignoring gaps uh, shown and an incredible bias on the part of the authors of this hierarchy. So now let's take a look at the famous Duke visualizations of the stay healthy people videos watching the no mask trial. It's clear that the camera is not picking up any of the breath aerosols only spit. So she's showing this video where they blacklight or they have some sort of uh, photography to show the spittles coming through the, the mask onto a black screen. The screen is completely black till talking starts, and that's where you see these little speckles. It almost looks like it's raining. Indeed, the article notes the camera's sensitivity is 120 microns, so those are quite large droplets indeed. Note that there are some of the... Uh, of those sizes that appear shockingly that escape the N95 mask. But she goes on to say that this article notes that it ought to be able to count, but not identify all particles above 0.5 microns. However, this means that even this theoretical resolution misses 70% of all the particles and practically, you know, the particles that they do show are, uh, the ones that make it through are are more infectious. Additionally, the lab or the experimental setup is such that given that mask redirect airflow up, whatever particles were distinguishable would not likely pass through the slit that was measuring the particles, but escape through the top of the mask. So let's turn to the CDC's double mask study. 
This uses not one, but two tricks to show mask work, quote. Despite the very narrow range of respiratory aerosols, 0.1 to 1.1 micron, with a few 2-plus micron particles, they use a range from 0.1 to 7 microns. Then, they use the mass that is caught by each mass to measure. Now remember, a 7-micron particle has a volume mass of 12,000 times that of a 0.3-micron particle, the most common size, and one would be um, not really equal in volume to all expected aerosols. So the 1-micron wouldn't be. It is possible that the CDC is just misinformed. In fact, in the article, they note that most viruses are carried in particles under 10 microns. This again, though, while technically true, masks the truth. In fact, 87% of the virus, at least, is known to be carried in particles that are less than one micron. And the study that found that didn't even look at those under 0.3 microns. Under 0.1% are 5 microns plus, never mind 10 microns. Even after acknowledging that COVID and other respiratory viruses are spread via respiratory aerosols, they pretend those aerosols are much larger than they have known to be since the 80% amount. Here is an aerosol scientist claiming most are 2 microns, willfully uninformed. And she cites this tweet by Jose Luis Jimenez, who said, Here you have an anti-masker who seems intent on distorting science. The chart does not show what he says it shows. We think most viruses in the particles are only a few microns. So cloth masks vary, but many are quite efficient. Yes, they need improvement, but they're not at all useless. Now, who this idiot is trying to debunk is Alex Berenson, our friend Alex Berenson. He's been great on coronavirus, just as great as Christopher Rufo, which we're going to cite him in another show, has been great on showing the ruse of critical race theory. Now, Alex Berenson put out a tweet that said, so this chart shows that in the real world, rather than pretend a pretend world where, quote, the government, which government that would be, makes us wear a mask that maybe could exist, but largely don't, cloth masks are largely useless against particles most likely to carry SARS-CoV-2. And that's because the microns are much smaller. Just a quick reminder, even coughing and talking generate particles, nothing more over than one micron. Note the figure on the right, which she references, did not look at aerosols that are less than 0.3 microns, which are known to be the most numerous um, based on her studies. Once again, this is not new science as early as 2017, It was known that sneezing was not associated with aerosolization or aerosolization and coughing was not necessary for them that breathing was enough to pass any sort of aerosol viral or virus. Scientists desperately want the particles to be bigger because masks would work for them. This expert is really incredible. He notes the majority of viruses uh, in aerosols are not captured by masks but says we should still use them anyways because they stop other particles. And in fact, the the section she cites from this journal piece says, let's go through together. 
The studies show that surgical masks can limit the emission of large droplet sprays and aerosol droplets of larger than five microns. However, surgical masks are not as efficient at preventing the release of very small particles. It is well known that surgical masks are not effective for preventing exposure to fine particles when worn as personal protection. We had hypothesized that when you use as source control, exhaled droplets might be large enough prior to evaporation to be effectively captured primarily through impact impaction. This appears to be true for viruses carried in coarse particles, but the majority of viruses in the exhaled aerosol appear to be in the fine fraction that is not well contained. Nevertheless, the overall 3.4 micron fold reduction in aerosol copy numbers we observed, combined with a nearly complete elimination of large droplet spray demonstrated by uh, the test study, suggests that surgical masks worn by infected persons could have a clinically significant impact on transmission. Even though we know they don't. It's amazing. So we know now that the masks don't work. In fact, there's a study out of the University of uh, Kentucky out in Louisville that they did this study recently. And yet again, the masks don't work. So on the other side of this break, let's get into the other two. Uh, The other two narratives that are crumbling, and that is the lab theory and then get into the back and forth between Biden, the investigation that Pompeo and them were doing under Trump, how Biden's administration stopped the investigation, and now they're suddenly wanting to start it back up and fix it, and how China's not really playing ball. And then we're going to maybe get into the nuances of the vaccinations and some of the things that we're starting to see develop from the vaccines, because we didn't spend the time testing them, We just kind of threw it out there and said, hey, here you go. Go ahead and take it. And we're now giving out lap dances and free beer and college uh, scholarships for you to take this vaccine. Some of the things that come with the possibility of taking a vaccination earlier than a good, thorough, clinically tested, uh, FDA-approved vaccination process should uncover. We'll check into that on the other side of the break. This is Adrian Slade. Today we are in Washington, D.C., where a lot of people are still wearing their masks outside, despite the new CDC guidelines. We're going to ask them why. Why are you still wearing a mask and are you vaccinated? Yeah, so thank you for that question. I am vaccinated um, and I'm a bit skeptical of their decision. Because I feel like the coronavirus doesn't go away after the CDC says it's okay. I mean, I thought it was a little premature, the CDC guideline. It's a little concerning to see that a lot of people outside are not wearing it. I don't want to get other people like to think that it's okay not to wear their mask if they aren't vaccinated. I don't want it to make it look normal that you cannot wear your mask. I feel like people still should wear their mask. Hi, how are you? Why are you still wearing a mask? Uh, just precautious, extra cautious for my safety and health. I mean, when I walk around, sometimes in close proximity to people that aren't masked. And do you have the vaccine yet? Yes, I had two shots already. Fully vaccinated. And if we are vaccinated, I don't think the time, like it's all happening so fast. Time will tell just how protected we are with the vaccinations because who knows with the new strains that are coming out. And until we know that the city is safe, I think if you're outside, it's generally okay. But like 
we should remain vigilant in the meantime. And we don't know who has it or, yeah. or doesn't have the vaccine or not. I just, I'm hot. <laughs> That's the Daily Caller man on the street interview to show you that the PSYOP job of the mask, after we've just debunked why masks are useless, why people are still subscribing to them. It's really sickening. And then when you get into the vaccinations, the propaganda on the vaccinations is unbelievable. Let's not forget what we just saw today uh, from California. Governor Newsom, he is out there saying he's going to give out. Check this out. Governor Newsom, California is launching a $116.5 million giveaway for vaccinated Californians. $15 million in cash and prizes for 10 winners selected on June 15. $50,000 for winners on June 4th and June 11th. Already vaccinated? You're entered. Not vaccinated? The next $2 million that get fully vaccinated also get a $50 gift card. Come on down! You're the next contestant on The Vax is Right! That's what we're dealing with. <laughs> and listen to this propaganda. This is from... The uh, Department of Health, this is from their Health and Human Services uh, website, and this is how they want to hit you in the feels, because you love your kids so much that you're going to do anything for them, like get them vaccinated. Thanks for telling me everyone 12 and older is eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Thank you for loving me that much. Thanks. Gosh, that just feels so great. Don't you just want to show your kids you love them? You know, don't you just want to show them that, gosh, you really love them so much, you're going to get them vaccinated? Um, let's hope there's not any adverse effects. Now, truth be known, the number of people that are adversely affected by the vaccinations, you know, the uh, side effects, uh, any sort of uh, th issues deriving from that are equally, with representation of the entire population, minuscule in number, just like coronavirus was. That was our argument. Why are we shutting down the world? Why are we locking people in their homes, closing schools, closing businesses, closing churches, shutting down movie theaters, all because, what, 0.01% of the population is coming down with COVID and even a lesser percentage of that actually perishing because of it? Well, the same can be said for the adverse side effects of the vaccination. The problem is you're willingly signing up for vaccinations. You're not willingly signing up to get COVID, right? Listen to this. BBC Radio Newcastle presenter Lisa Shaw died at age 44 after suffering blood clots following COVID AstraZeneca jab, her family revealed. Lisa Shaw developed severe headaches after having the jab and fell seriously ill. The 44-year-old died at the Royal Victoria Infirmary, Newcastle, on Friday. People under 40 are being offered an alternative to Astra AstraZeneca's vaccine following reports of extremely rare blood clots on the brain. This lady was an award-winning BBC radio presenter, 44 years of age, and she dies because of the vaccine. It's crazy. Listen to Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler. I guess she's a comedian. She used to be funny back in the day when she first got her Bravo television show. My wife used to watch it, and I thought it was kind of funny. I think she had her little uh, uh, midget sidekick, Chewy, I think his name was. I get it confused with Jimmy Kimmel. Somehow they're all allowed to have that, but no pushback in, in cancel culture for co-opting 
uh, little people, but she used to be funny, except for there was a couple episodes where she was so blasted, she couldn't even, she could barely form a sentence. I don't even know how they let this chick go on the air. But, you know, she's kind of like, you know, she's like Amy Schumer, you know? Amy Schumer, when she first came out and did those Comedy Central roasts, she was brutal. She was thinner, so she was still kind of attractive at that time. And she didn't subscribe to cancel culture or woke comedian uh, tactics in her comedy bits. And so she came out blistering hardcore in the beginning. Then over time, it's like she became popular, and then they had to go, well, you're now popular. You're in a position of influence Let's get woke with your politics. Let's get woke with your uh, comedic stances and your movie uh, portrayals. And they did this to Chelsea Handler. Listen to her reaction after getting, um, I think she got the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, listen to this. Okay, so I got my second shot of Moderna today, and I feel really sick, and it's only been four hours, and I'm deaf in one ear. Does anyone, did anyone else? I thought I was going to get sick tomorrow, but I feel sick. Did this happen to other people? Please tell me. Um, she lost hearing in one ear, suddenly lost hearing. Now, I know my wife got it, even though I told her I really wish she wouldn't. Um, and her arm was bright red for a couple days, and she was knocked out for like half a week. Um, you know, I'm hoping there's not going to be any after effects because we're starting to hear of what's called spike proteins. And I don't want to get in the weeds like we did with the mask um, because it gets really scientific, but I'll give you an overview of that in a little bit. But other people are talking about adverse reactions. One individual um, at Hell on Wheels 2020 said, my coworker got her second shot and lost the use of her hands. How scary. And some people out there would say, oh, well, you know, you're just reading that. Anyone could say that. Um, Listen, who else lost uh, ability of using his hands. Eric Clapton feared he would never play again after AstraZeneca vaccine says propaganda overstated the safety of it. The 76 year old musician who lives in the United Kingdom said propaganda described the AstraZeneca sa- uh, vaccine as safe for everyone in the U S vaccine makers are running ad campaigns on TV and social media targeting vaccine hesitant. So Eric Clapton said his disaster health experience after receiving the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine and the 76-year-old musician blamed propaganda for it. He described the details of his experience in a letter to Italian architect Robin uh, Manati, who shared it back in May 12th on Twitter. It said, I am an old timer. I have survived with great help, addiction and alcoholism and stand now the greatest dilemma of my life. I have inwardly stood against our elected leaders since Brexit, intuitively doubting their integrity and character. With the arrival of COVID-19, I hope that um, some of the individuals in, in the government would lead the way. But the Imperial College stepped up with their jailer's key. I knew we were in deep trouble. I'm a man of faith, albeit abstract. And what I felt I saw unfold on March 20th began to lead me away from government rhetoric and the devotion of the general public to the prime minister and his cronies. I looked for heroes in the house and found Sea Walker, Desmond Swain, and an unfortunate retirement, Lord Something. On YouTube, I found Hugo Talks and, te- and Talk Radio. Talk Radio is actually a network uh, out of the UK. That was all. 
Then I was directed to Van M. That's when I found my voice. Van Morrison. They got together. Remember, they wrote that song against the lockdowns. I think it was a stand and deliver. Not the stand and deliver the money oh life. Not that song. But it was a song against the lockdowns. And uh, it was actually pretty good. Um, he said he was finding his own voice. And even though I was singing his words, talking about Van Morrison, they echoed my heart. This is from Eric Clapton. I recorded Stand and Deliver in 2020 and was immediately regaled with contempt and scorn. In February this year, before I learned about the nature of the vaccines, being 76 with emphysema, I was in the avant-garde. I took the first jab of AstraZeneca and straight away had severe reactions, which lasted 10 days. I recovered eventually and was told it would be 12 weeks before the second one. About six weeks later, I was offered and took the second AstraZeneca shot but with a little more knowledge of the dangers, needless to say, the reactions were disastrous. My hands and feet were either frozen, numb, or burning, and pretty much useless for two weeks. I feared I would never play guitar again. The guy makes his living playing the guitar. I mean, come on. He was in cream. You know, politician. Sunshine of your love. Sorry, I'm, I'm a big Cream fan because Ginger Baker being a drummer, an amazing drummer, um, you know, Jack Bruce, great singer, great guitar player. I mean, a great bass player. Um, you know, yeah, that's kind of interesting when you get somebody like Eric Clapton in the mix. But, you know, we're going to sit there and go on and on. Let's talk about how the Wuhan lab leak is starting to become more of a plausible uh, reality as opposed to the narratives we've been given. So it's starting to come out that two individuals, this is from the Wall Street Journal, two lab technicians in China came down with a mysterious illness back in October 2019. Now, it didn't really hit China until late November, early December. Remember, at that same time, John Hopkins University, the World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation back in November 2019 were running, quote, hashtag event 201 out of New York. It was a pandemic drill. What do you do if a coronavirus breaks out? Now, the, the, they based it off a coronavirus that, that came from a pig in Brazil and caused an outbreak. How would we handle it? Oddly enough, an outbreak was beginning with a coronavirus. What are the odds? So that's why I've been really skeptical of this entire thing. And China is trying to say that it wasn't, you know, intentional and it wasn't from their lab. They're try actually they're trying to say now that the United States military was behind creating it. They did that before, uh, about 9 months ago. They said the same thing. But, you know, we had we had the left with the Biden administration canceling the COVID investigation that happened under Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Donald Trump. From Zero Hedge, Biden panics after CNN reveals he canceled COVID origins investigation orders 90-day report from U.S. intelligence agencies. Less than 24 hours after CNN threw Biden under the bus for canceling State Department efforts, they launched uh, that were launched under Donald Trump to get to the bottom of the origins of the COVID-19 back origins. The Biden administration has backpedaled. 
and has ordered the U.S. intelligence community to conduct a 90-day investigation into how the pandemic began. In a statement via White House website, the Biden administration claims that officials have been pursuing various possibilities, including, quote, whether it emerged from human contact with an infected animal or from a laboratory accident. It's clear that the administration is in full damage control mode to the point where his deputy uh, press secretary said this about China and tried to downplay the whole thing as saying the administration has not ruled out the possibility that China deliberately unleashed the pandemic on the world. Listen to this. Another question on uh, COVID. Uh, the language that you all use specifically mentioned an accident. Does that mean that uh, you've ruled out or the IC has ruled out that it was uh, deliberate or not an accident? We haven't ruled out anything yet. Um, again, we're going to go through this, you know, this redoubling down of another of a 90 day review and we'll have more to share. Of course, everyone's uh, favorite leftist depopulation advocate, Zeke Emanuel, who I think he had something to do with the uh, Obamacare rollout. He's dismissing China's role in unleashing the virus and says, well, we have to worry about how the next one is going down. How about we go after those who unleashed the first one? But listen to him. What is your sense based on this information of how this happened? Look, I think everyone's being honest. We don't know. And one of the reasons we don't know is China hasn't been completely transparent with all the data, including the uh, blood samples from the people in the Wuhan Institute who got sick early in November. Um, we need all the data and we need transparency. And we do need the Chinese to participate because, you know, the real issue is not how did this happen? The real issue is how do we protect ourselves from the next pandemic? Uh, and how do we have a kind of early warning system uh, for whether it's naturally occurring or a laboratory leak? We still need to protect right. ourselves so we don't have three, four, five, ten million people die unnecessarily. Yeah, he's just going to, eh, no biggie, but we need to worry about the next one. Now, I think we need to focus on the one right now. Now, the Chinese military is ignoring Biden's Pentagon request for talks. This is from Breitbart. The Chinese military has been ignoring requests from the Biden, Biden Pentagon for its top leaders to speak for the first time since it took office in what appears to be a diplomatic standoff, according to reports. The Financial Times reported on Friday revealed Beijing has rebuffed three requests from the Pentagon for talks between China's top military officer, General Zheng Quinlang, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Um, we know that China has rolled them under the bus quite a few times. In fact, uh, we did an entire podcast on that. But I kind of like what Lieutenant General uh, Kellogg said in Just the News from uh, John Solomon. Retired Lieutenant General Kellogg wants the U.S. debt to China canceled over COVID-19. He was actually uh, Mike Pence's national security advisor. Retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg said the U.S. should make China cancel America's debt for having allowed the coronavirus to spread worldwide, killing roughly three to four million people around the globe. Quote, why don't we tell the Chinese, okay, it came from you. We believe it. You ought to cancel the debt to the United States of America. You know, the debt that, you, that we owe you. And that might sound like something that's a little extreme, but this thing killed 500,000 Americans. It's got a point. Maybe we should look into that. We should also look into Dr. Fauci's uh, history. 
So now, Dr. Fauci, he is the dinosaur of the bureaucracy in the health uh, policy area. The guy is the highest paid federal employee, 400 plus thousand a year. Um, He's been there since the 80s. He has an interesting past. John Solomon actually did some digging on Dr. Fauci over another situation regarding the AIDS virus due to a whistleblower who came to him and said, hey, you got to look into what these people are doing because what they're doing is really insidious. So first, they said a 2004 internal NIH review concluded that Fauci's aid research division was a, quote, troubled organization where managers were creating a hostile atmosphere with sexually explicit and colorful language. Hmm, me too much? And seemingly being unaware of the need for appropriate behavior, decorum, and enforcement of good management practices and rules of supervision. They go on to say a pregnant teenage woman who died in 2003 after she enrolled in the NIH-funded research in hopes of saving her soon-to-be-born son from getting AIDS A review found that doctors continued to administer an experimental drug regime despite signs of liver failure. Then it gets crazy. At least 10 children in the pediatric AIDS drug study died in what an investigation concluded was a death toll significantly higher than expected and unexplained. Among the more concerning professional episodes in Dr. Anthony Fauci's history is a series of AIDS drug trials performed on foster children. Those trials, which were performed in the late 1980s and 1990s, incorporated HIV-positive foster kids. The guy went out, could not find anyone to take these drugs on an experimental level, so he created his own control group by taking throwaway kids, foster kids. And these foster kids were from several different states were funded by the NIH. Several of these studies were sponsored by the NIAID, a sub-institute of the NIH, which Fauci began directing in 1984 and was directing at the time of the studies. Investigations found the children were very often denied the personal health advocate, which was required or was recommended by Dr. Fauci during the course of the trials. That's how he was going to ease everybody's concerns. We'll just have some health advocate monitor these children and make sure that they're A-OK. None of them had it. So um, this, of course, was something medical ethicists considered necessary when trial participants are drawn from vulnerable populations such as that of foster children. Government researchers contended that the types of medicine they were using in the trials did not meet the threshold necessary to require child advocates. Unbelievable. And now when we find out more about the lab, scientists at Wuhan lab in COVID probe admitted being bitten by bats. This is from the New York Post coming out May 28th. Scientists at the Chinese lab eyed as the possible source of the coronavirus pandemic were previously filmed getting bitten and spattered with blood while handling bats without protection. The state-run TV footage showed researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, disregarding gloves, masks, other PPE while handling bats. Um, This is from Taiwan News. So it might be credible. It could be a deflection. You know, China could have weaponized this thing and said, oh, well, look, the labs, you look at this video footage over here. Yeah, these lab technicians, they weren't handling uh, the bats properly. They didn't have the proper equipment on. And look at them all getting bitten. So for that, we've got these new vaccines 
that are going out. And I told you the issue with the vaccine is that they're not taking a strain of the virus and injecting that strain to push a reaction to push for artificial uh, herd immunity. What they're doing is this experimental thing where they inject you with this um, mRNA, this and this pro it goes into this protein in your in your DNA and activates it to form something to fight whatever uh, illness is in there. Um, so apparently there's issues with that. Alex Berenson said, um, for those of you who do not want me to tell you what this means, we do not know. No, I do not know. The technical complexities here are beyond me, so I'm not going to get into that either. But that's not um, what I'm saying. Even the scientists don't know what's going on with this because no one has researched it enough. He's talking about this spike protein issue. It provides a possible mechanism for the delayed thrombotic events. The thrombotic events is another word for blood clotting events. Possible being the key word, but make no mistake, this is a critical issue. It is a question that should have been answered before 150 million Americans got jabbed. You want it bad, you get it bad. Count on this. By next week, all the people who pretend they don't read me will be reporting on this paper. So the original tweet that they were, he was referring to is one that he put out and said, Hey, remember how all those smart people told you the vaccines were super, supery, dupery safe because of those nasty technical term spike proteins that would never actually leave the cells that make them. turns out that's less than entirely accurate. The first paper that he references is first-rate science from a little place called Harvard. It has fascinating tidbits, including suggestion that spikes may not enter the blood for several days and that it is the T-cell destruction of cells that contain, um, that contain them that leads to their release. Um, an individual said, see, they have discovered that the COVID virus itself isn't the problem. It's the spike protein they engineered onto it and then released it to the world that causes all the issues. So now they have engineered the RMNA to go into your body to make the spike protein in your cells. So uh, there's, a, there's an issue there <laughs> with what they're doing. We don't know the long-term effects, but apparently these spike, uh, these spike proteins from what I'm reading, I can't be 100% correct. Obviously, I'm not a scientist, but uh, they may cause issues with uh, prolonged protein spiking. Uh, they might have even been the cause of the variants because apparently it's, it goes after the coronavirus and then it basically causes a semi-coronavirus effect. I don't know. But we didn't, we didn't spend the time to study these vaccinations properly. And we don't know the effects that are going to come about from them. But we're being told there was a story in The Independent that basically said, nah, you shouldn't be allowed to do anything unless you get the jab. Never mind the fact that there are people with serious issues that might have a problem with this. You know, serious medical issues that might not be best suited for this, uh, for this experimental vaccine. There might even be individuals who had the coronavirus already and survived it and had the uh, immunity, and on top of having that immunity, have it for longer term, and it's natural. But we're supposed to, you know, get, get the jab or do not. In fact, what did it say? Uh, this, is a, what we, this is what we do about anti-vaxxers. No job, no entry, 
no NHS access. So if you don't get the vaccine because you're anti-vaxxer, you lose your job, you get no access to the economy, you don't even get to travel. I think this is all coming apart now that the Biden administration has to face what China's doing, now that they're also facing the backlash of a dying economy that is going to force a 2022 runoff if the elections are held properly. I say that because I keep saying 2024 is not going to happen as far as an election because election fraud is going to be so rife, we're not even going to get an actual president. But if these states, which they look like they're doing, clean up their voter rolls, we might have an opportunity. And the backlash, the pendulum is going to swing so hard on them in 2022, it's going to be an issue. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Think of those who we lost fighting for our freedoms to keep these commies out of the White House. <laughs> we, we salute you, those that gave their life for our country. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in, iHeart. Check out the blog, adrianslateshow.com. We'll see you guys next time. God bless.